The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How is your loving relationship going? Is it what you want? Are you satisfied? Are you happy? Do you feel like it's really fulfilling you in the ways that it could? Or is it a little lackluster? Do you need to improve your communication, your connection? Well, I have a treat for you today because today I have Dr. Michael and Dr. Barbara Grossman as guests on the show. And they're going to be talking about their new book, Ageless Love, The Sexy Science of Falling in Love Forever. So it's great. They're delving into the science behind attraction and desire. They provide practical tips to enhance communication skills and offer guidance on sustaining passion and deepening intimacy. So you are going to learn a lot, even if you have a good relationship, good relationships, we can take them to great And if you need a little boost, then this is the episode for you. I'm Stephanie James, psychotherapist and transformation coach, and you are listening to Igniting the Spark, where each week we bring you inspirational guests to help you ignite your joy, happiness, and well-being. Together, we can illuminate the world. So excited to have Dr. Michael and Dr. Barbara Grossman here on The Spark. Welcome, you two. So wonderful to have you back. Nice to be with you. Thank you. You know, I'm I'm really excited to talk with you about your new book, Ageless Love, The Sexy Science of Falling in Love Forever. Such a great title. I love that. And, you know, you two have worked with thousands of couples over the years. Yes. And so what do you find is the number one thing that couples complain about? I would say that um, after a period of some years, they lose the spark. And you might know a little bit about that. And and how to get it back is um, what we teach. And uh, there are different secrets to know. We teach about three secrets to falling in love forever. And um, secret number one is that you got to see the big picture of relationship. We talk about it in the book that relationship is not designed to be a smooth ride. It's designed to be 
a difficult process. It's designed to be a whole growth program. It's like if you're learning to play a sport or to do ballroom dancing, it, it, it's not like designed to be, oh, this is just so easy. And no, it's designed to be, oh, wow, I thought I got it. Now I have to learn this and I have to learn that. Relationships are like, it changes. However you are when you're 20, it's not the same when you're 40 and it's not the same when you're 60. And you've got to see the big picture. We teach the big picture. Number two is you've got to learn how to share without interrupting, how to, how to listen to each other without interrupting, because you're not trying to win an argument with your romantic partner. You're trying to see the world from their point of view and have them see it from your point of view. That's a big, big thing. And then the last secret that we teach is um, how to make requests of each other, because who you are when you're 40 is so different than when you're 20 that your partner doesn't know what really makes you happy. You've changed so much. You've got to ask, but you've got to ask nicely. How to ask nicely? Got to learn how to do it. So that's like the big thing that, that people have to learn these skills and people don't have the skills. When you fall in love, you don't need skills to fall in love. It's just, oh, I'm in love. But to stay in love, it needs skills. Absolutely. You know, I think that it's it's so fascinating because I've, you know, as a psychotherapist myself, when I work with couples, we talk about, yeah, you can look really great when you're by yourself. It can be like, oh, I feel like I've really done my work. Things are great. And then the moment you get into relationship, it's like, holy cow, you know, this thing of like love brings up anything unlike itself for the purpose of being healed we can start saying, wow, okay, now these wounds that weren't activated when I was single are really activated in couplehood. And the longer we're together, it sounds like developmentally other issues are going to come up and we are going to change. So talk a little bit about, you mentioned, you know, either one of you, you mentioned, Michael, this, you know, when we first fall in love, that's the easy part. What, what is the science behind love and attraction? You know, attraction is the easy part. What, what happens? Well, I don't know. I, think I, I, um, I see lots of couples, uh, lots of people who have lots of attractions. Um, they have piles of attractions in their lives. And um, so that's just the first step. And, um, you know, perhaps it's um, we find each other through affinities. Perhaps there's physical sexual attraction. Um, perhaps there's... Um, a way in which uh, we meet people who are similar or different from the people who raised us. And we bond over um, our perception that we might get needs fulfilled that have never been fulfilled, but people get together for all kinds of reasons. So that's the easy part. Um, it's when our differences show up, that's what um, you know slows things down and hurts. In our present culture, what strikes me is that um, people are pretty lonely and isolated. We've gotten to a very um, uh, disconnected place in our culture. There's a lot of people who don't even date anymore because um, they don't um, have the confidence or the energy, uh, or they've got just gotten out of the, um, the habit of being friendly. And that's not really good for our culture. It's not really good for our health. So I want to encourage people that you can, you know, that I actually have a dating program for people to meet to meet uh, and, and get serious. And it involves um, not over bonding quickly, but talking longer and really understanding each other and, you know, and, and essentially interviewing 
prospective partners and not getting attached, but really um, thinking about what's important to you. And, and um, you know, once you have the fundamentals together and um, you, you, you're, the affinities are right, that's the recipe for a long-term marriage where uh, the relationship really has a chance to um, evolve your personality and character over time. And it's good for everybody concerned. So, so it's kind of interesting that on the mechanical level, uh, you're attracted to someone of the opposite sex, and and you don't know why. You, you just you just oh wow, that's a a beautiful person. I could really relate to them. And uh, I remember when Barbara and I first met, we were just going over the story. We were in college together, and Barbara really didn't want to talk to me, but her professor said, oh, you should talk to Michael. He has the same interests you do. So, all right. So she lowered herself to actually talk to me. And then <laughs> we're walking around the campus, and she had to make a phone call. And back then, 1970, 68 or something, you had to find a payphone somewhere. And she would have to walk, you know six blocks to go into town to find a payphone. But I said, well, just come up to my apartment and make a call. So she did. She came up to my apartment and made a call. And we just talked for a few minutes. And when she left, she was so surprised. Why was I so happy? It was just Michael I was talking to. It wasn't like I had had a tooth missing. I had a, a tooth that was pulled up or some weird infection in the tooth and all. So I looked kind of weird. And she couldn't figure out why was she so happy? It was just Michael. It was just Michael. But we fall in love with people for a variety of unknown reasons. And right. that's unconscious reasons. Unconscious reasons. And, and it's easy to fall in love. It, you, you don't know why you're in love. I can give you a lot of reasons why, but it doesn't matter. But the critical thing, as Dr. Barbara is saying, is that you, you have to use your intellect when you're, when you're making decisions about whom are you going to be with for the rest of your life? Whom are you going to marry? You've got to think about, do they have common values? Do they have common interests? Do they want to have a family with children? Do they want to raise them in a certain religion? Do they want to live in a certain area? Do they want your parents, my parents or your parents, to live in the home with us? Uh, you know, some, some, some societies do that. It's normal to have the parents live with you. So you, gotta, you have to see the big picture. You've got to think about it. And as Dr. Barber says, a lot of people don't think. They just feel the feeling and love part. In the old days, we used to do that. Your parents would pick you out, some people. Say, here's someone I want you to meet. We've already checked their family. Their values are similar to our values. It's okay for you to go ahead and meet them and see if this is, would be a match for you. And then you could decide if you like them or not, if you feel that affinity, that spark. But all that other stuff was thought out for you to make sure that everything met, you know, if, if it was someone who wanted to, to take you to live in Africa and you don't know anybody in Africa, that's like, that's like a you know, big change. So now no one's thinking for you that way. You have to be the one to do it. Well, like Dr. Barbara was saying, I mean, when you first fall in love, it's like that chemical cocktail. Right. And that's all you see. And so the importance of really getting to know someone and getting to know their family. And as you both said, values and common interests and all these things. So, and, and we are hardwired for love. Would you agree? We are hardwired to have romantic relationships. Absolutely. I think that that is the best thing. But now in modern life, 
things have changed so much from where they were 50 years ago, 100 years ago, in several ways. One, you're not going to die when you're 50. You're going to live till you're 80 or 90, something like that. So in the old days, you know, if you had a good marriage, you had kids, you're 40 years old, you're pretty much dead. And that's okay. You have a grandchildren or something. But now you've got a whole long life afterwards. So that's a different setup that you have to deal with. And, and we didn't have to deal with it a long time ago. And then the other thing that happens is that now the roles are so different. When I was a kid, most of the women weren't working. They were home with the family, taking care of the family. Now it's totally different. It's very rare to have something. I mean, not rare, but it's not that common to have a mother who's going to be home the whole time the kids are in school. They might be home a little while, work a little while. But now everyone is working and the men and women are all working. And so that's a whole different kind of relationship. And the roles are not clear. So then relationship now, you've got to figure out how to make roles work for each of you. And, and, and that takes talking and thinking, and it's not the same for everybody. And it's not a quick decision. I mean, that's the other thing. It seems like there needs to be enough time, as you were saying, Dr. Barbara, too, to have communication and get to know each other and have conversations so that you can really kind of vet this person out. And, and they have a chance to get to know you because eventually those chemical cocktail, those chemicals are going to wear off. The falling in love wears off. And when you're talking about these long-term relationships, I guess, what are, what are some of the key elements that can help us continue then to fall in love with our partner forever? You need to have, um, you need to stay connected. You need to not just have responsibilities with each other, clear, you know, defined, um, roles that you take care of the, th the business of life, but you need to have common interests that you activate and enjoy together. And um, I mean, raising children is, um, is a project you do together, but it's also a lot of work, but it's a, a work of love, but you want to have adult interests that you share and that you have regular conversations and you, um, you learn over time to share feelings. Men are not as great as, at that as, as women can be. And women often dramatize their feelings. So they, you have to, you have to learn how to talk and share intimately on a whole new level, how you talked as a, as a dating couple is very different from how you talk and share as a committed couple. And you have to, you know, continue to share your, your heart and soul with each other. And, um, and do projects together, really be connected and relating with important um, interests. So Michael and I work together. We also are, we're dancers together. We compete nationally in um, ballroom dance competitions. We have, um, you know, we do projects together. It's, it, it, it keeps us growing and relating with each other. And um, in our forties, was it our forties or maybe our thirties, you know, I, I think I may have assumed as a young person that as a woman, I was on top of feelings. Um, when in truth, you know, I'm kind of an intellectual type, but in general, women are not as good at sharing feelings as they think. And men are typically, you know, don't have a feeling vocabulary. So, you know, each, each partner has a growth challenge over time to really um, understand themselves and be able to represent themselves in, in conversation and on a, on a deeper level so that the relationship continues to grow and be in touch with, um, with what you want. Because what you want in life changes over time. And you wanna be able to access that and talk about that and support each other in growing 
over time. That's what keeps relationships growing. And what you find when you're dating is that not everybody, you know, has the same trajectory and vision in life. And so you want to you want to talk in, in a dating phase so that you really get a sense of where, what you want and where you're going in life to see if it matches. Really, the art of conversation is so important. And, uh, uh, you know, I think that in in many ways, the culture has has diminished that. So we, we have to take responsibility for our own, for our own sharing. And it sounds like too the importance of reading books, like like your you know your books and other people's books that can help us get to know ourselves, understand some of these relationship dynamics, because nobody hands this book out, you know, at the altar when you get married, or nobody hands this book out when you start dating. And so, to be able to have some of these tools, it, it sounds like Dr. Barbara, some of what you're saying is it doesn't just come naturally to us. Most of us don't even know what we're sitting on in the way of family history and old hurts and injuries until it gets reactivated by a partner who we assume will, will understand us and relate to us in a certain way. And then they duplicate a behavior from one of our parents, which didn't work then and doesn't work any better now. And so we're, our history becomes present uh, in our relationships and we have to sort through that. It, it takes, it could take a decade to really, you know, realize how much of our history we're dragging with us and heal those those wounds by understanding what what um what supports us what we what we might have wanted as children but couldn't have articulated but we can now as adults and when you have a partner that's willing to do the work with you wow i mean that's that's the key right that we can help each other to heal right and and that is a very big uh, issue so one of the things that we do uh, when we run our classes on Falling in Love Forever, we do four two-hour classes online on Zoom, and we help couples who are willing to work together to learn those skills that we're talking about. So it's hard to learn it from a book uh, because you have to practice it. So when you have a group of people and you can interact and you see how other 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 couples are dealing with this, and then you all talk about you know how did this situation go how did the sharing go and you realize wow everyone is really struggling with these things and it really helps you to understand that your husband or wife is not you know a jerk you know kind of person it's just normal these are these are skills that take time to gather the um the abilities to learn and grow and then really be able to use them throughout your life. And so that's that's something that, that we see all the time. But it's very, very powerful. And, and you know, Dr. Barber sees patients all the time individually, but people grow in the groups in a, in a different way because it normalizes all the stuff that's going on. You don't think that, oh, I'm in a relationship, I have to get out. No, this is the nature of relationship. Right. And let me clarify, Michael and I model the skills. You know, we use, we use our own lives experiences. Uh, we, we protect other people's privacies. No one, no one shares anything. You know, it, you, you're the sharing and the exercises and the skills are learned in the couple units. You know, we, we model it where, you know, we're married 52 years. And, um, and so we, we've been through a lot of different um, learning experiences and we're happy to be open and share you know, the, how complicated life gets and how important it is to understand each other and how to sort out what behavior you want from your partner that makes this situation work. And that helps couples really own new skills and take 
take them home and, and activate them so that they eliminate the arguments and that you know bad energy that comes from not being understood. Yeah, so essential. And I and I just have to say totally candidly, Dr. Barbara, you don't even look like you're 52 years old. So to think that you've been in a marriage for 52 years, wow. I mean, you two have really experienced this. You've gone through these different, I mean, developmental phases throughout your lives from college until now. And so this whole thing of not only maintaining good relationship, but the intimacy part. You know, I find I have a lot of clients as well that will come into my office and one or the other will say, yeah, my partner is no longer interested in sex. Right. You know, we don't have this intimate life anymore. So are there some practical tips and strategies that you all use for helping couples deepen their intimacy, their communication as they continue in long-term relationship with one another? There are two, two aspects of this um intimacy, maintaining intimacy. One is the psychological aspect and one is the physiological aspect. So I deal a lot in my practice as a medical doctor with the physiological, I'm an anti-aging specialist. So I deal with all the issues that are mechanical issues that men and women experience. So women going to menopause, uh, it's very quick to change from being a youthful individual to feeling like you're old. And it's all reversible. I do it every day. Uh, it's, it only works 99% of the time. And it's fantastic. And you replace the hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, and growth hormone, different things. We replace these hormones and someone who's feeling old at the age of 50, really old, six months later, they're feeling like they're 30. And, and, and I see it all the time. So not only does it change your brain, your mood, your energy, your muscle stamina, but it creates libido and it creates sexual experience being profound. And it's dramatic. And men, the same thing happens. But for men, it's a little slower. They don't lose everything in a year or so. They, it, it, it goes down every 10 years. It gets worse and worse. But we replace it in men and the same thing will happen for them. They'll feel 10, 20 years younger. Now, there are mechanical things that happen where men lose the ability to have an erection. And it's not psychological, it's a physiological effect. And we can fix it. I use gains wave vibrational treatment. I give injections of, uh, they call it a P-shot, uh, inject growth factors, and only works 80 to 90% of the time. But it's dramatic. And we do the same kind of thing for women, also very dramatic. It restores the sexual functioning. So that's the, that's the physiological aspect. Then you have the psychological aspect. So for, for the psychology, that is something that all the things that we just talked about in the first part of our discussion, you have to work on because for women more than men, the psychology is critical. Uh, a woman has trouble feeling intimate when they're not happy about who they're with. A man, if the woman looks good, he can make things work and then he's finished. But uh, the women have to have that emotional connection. So, so there's a lot of things we do to create the emotional connection. We've talked about that. But I'll just add that one of the things that we teach is that women have to make requests of the men for things that would make them happy. Going out on a date once a week, 
personal dates where you're not talking about business, very important, going away for a weekend, one weekend a month, getting away, going, renting a hotel room and feeling like you're young again. You got to make requests nicely. And we teach that. And men have requests too, but for women, these kind of things are critical. So I, I'm really hearing that in the request instead of a criticism, right. which I think it can show up a lot. It's it's a request. I, I would love to to have this time with you, or I'd love us to start doing this, right. so, which builds that emotional bonding. Yeah. We teach, we have a whole, a whole one of the four classes is on request making how to do it so that it's pleasant and comfortable and it really works. And it's a little skill process and women have to learn to control their, their thought processes while they're making requests so that they don't get critical. Yeah. Dr. Barbara, what, what would you want to add to this? Well, I mean, I think um, an, another part of, I think attraction is to stay in touch with your, you know, your individual, you know, goals and creativity. Uh, it's, you know, I, I'm hearing um, Michael's talking about what he does for work. I'm so excited about what he does. I'm so proud of him. He's wh whatever is important and fundamental for a, a good, a long life. Uh, Michael's into because he's focused on delivering what he's committed to delivering in his life to people. I find him exciting and I respect him so much. And um, he's, you know, it's a, it's a stimulation that helps me stay on my track and keep growing myself and so you know i think um most of us need to realize that a lot of what creates excitement is that you're working on your own personal development in in terms of your your core interests and commitments to provide for others um, something of value development doesn't stop at 20 or 30 or even 40 it keeps going and um, there's no good that comes out of falling asleep on your life Well, and Dr. Barbara, for you, what what's sparking your life right now? What's igniting you? Well, I mean, you know, I, I have a lot of intellectual interests. Um, you know, I have a background not just in um, psychology, but I have a, a degree in theology as well, and I, you know, I and a degree in philosophy. So I'm a, you know, I'm definitely a thinker, and um, I write uh, articles on a monthly basis for our our um, uh, our website, and um, I also have a love for music and dance and, um, you know, I compete um, nationally with Michael and with my dance coach and um, it's a dream come true and it means it's a lot of discipline and it's an art form and, um, you know, it just, you know, I, yes, I'm 72 years old, but I, I do feel, you know, like I feel like 45. So, you know, that's th that kind of um, energy, you know, creates an atmosphere of, excitement and desire. So you know, it's yeah. important to keep your life going. Well, and how beautiful for you that you have that intellectual and creative balance. It sounds like you really tap into both of those. Yes. And I think, you know, Michael and I got together, I think along the lines of some intellectual interests. I mean, we met in a philosophy class for heaven's sake. Uh, so, you know, there's that, that kind of affinity. We, we, um, we get energy from each other because we come from similar but different points of view. Uh, and, you know, Michael's brought to me a science orientation so that the things that I, 
that I'm really interested in has now been um, you know, embellished by you know, the metaphors of science. So uh, you know, it's ex- we have exciting conversations all the time. Yeah, I mean, how wonderful. And even though, you know, we're we're talking about this, you know, the intimacy and sexuality and and keeping the romance going, I'm also hearing that there's like a deep friendship between you two and the mutual admiration. Absolutely. Barbara knows that um, I had a critical mother, very critical, who pushed me to be better and better and was very critical, could never do enough to really please her. So Barbara's very careful to tell me how wonderful I am. I love that. I love that. That's part of appropriate, you know, partnering, nurturing, partnering. That's right. That's right. And uh, and so each of us, you know, make requests of the other. And, you know, it uh, it 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 uh, it maintains that enthusiasm for each other and for what we're doing. And I'm always pushing Barbara to write a new book. It's time to do more things. Stop sitting on your laurels and let's 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 get creative on this and that. And she, you know, when we wrote our book, Ageless Love, I said, "Well, I'll just write the book. I'll just do this and this." And then she looks at it and says, "You can't use that." You, you. So she had me, she had me rewrite the book with her, and it's a much better book. <laughs> Well, as, as long as we're sharing, you know, so to give your audience an idea. So my story has to do with, um, you know, my, my mom divorced my biological father when I was young and uh, remarried a wonderful man later on. So I've had the benefit of seeing great uh, partnership in my parents, but I also have the experience of loss. Uh, and, you know, as, as much as I understand myself, I get reactivated. I fear loss. It's alive as much as it... Um, it was, you know, years ago, it doesn't go away, but um, Michael's sensitive about, um, you know, my, about my, or he's aware of my sensitivities and he's sensitive about it so that he, he's very, you know, very dear and careful not to reactivate me. He's, you know, he's just very um, uh, conscientious about, you know, being in touch with me if he's late, because my mind goes into really funky places and some things, you know, just don't go away. It's sweet to have a partner who understands that and doesn't, and, and is sensitive about those feelings. So I appreciate greatly. And we've, you know, to a large degree, I feel healed, but it's, you know, it's still something to be aware of because um, it's part of my history and everyone has a history. Everyone has sensitivities and to have a partner who, who treads lightly on those sensitive spots, it's a blessing. It almost connects to a certain spirituality that there is a support in life that is generous, and to experience that love and your and care in your partnership, you know, just can can just go a tremendous distance in um, healing and appreciating life. Yeah, so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. You know, it reminds me of when I was in graduate school, a professor wrote the word intimacy on the board and then divided it into three different words, into, me, see, you know, and that that's really what we do in partnership or partnerhood, you know, is we are allowing the other people really to see into us, which is all our wounds and scars and sensitivities, as you're saying, and also through that, we're also allowing them to see the silly parts of us or the, you know, the goofy parts of us and, and 
this beautiful journey that we're on of becoming more and more authentically ourselves, I think through relationship, it can so beautifully, that journey is enhanced. It's not that we, as you said, Dr. Barbara, have this instant healing or that those wounds won't still be a part of us. They will. But how soothed those wounds are and how much we can heal in relationship, in this beautiful, intimate relationship with one another. It would it would soften our culture if we were paying attention to that aspect of our lives. It's and you know I really want to encourage address Americans first that it's important to be connected. It's important to have um, a good partner where you're working together through life, and it's important to have friends. It's important to have community. Um, connection is a key part of our mental health. And and what what I can add as an anti aging doctor. We talk about this in, in our book, Ageless Love. The most important factor in longevity after the age of 50 is not smoking, not cholesterol, not diabetes, not exercise, not eating healthy. The most important factor is the quality of your personal relationships. That's the result of an 80-year Harvard study of, um, of hundreds of men. Uh, it's been proven in, in multiple studies that um, connection is a vital part of your health and longevity. And I feel like I really see that in my office when people retire. I have a, I have a lot of clients between 65 and I'd say 72. And a year after they retire, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, they're not in the workplace anymore. They're not making those connections a lot of times due to the pandemic. Uh, they're that now they're isolated, they're in their homes, and they're depressed. Right. Like right. we're interdependent beings. We need one another. Very important. It's absolutely important. The quality of those connections are so important. And uh, retirement is a complexity. If you retire, you need to have a, 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 a way of maintaining connections and creativity, whatever that is. I personally don't believe in retirement for myself, but um, I, I, I may change what I do, become a full-time writer, lecturer, presenter, um, but I, I love being active. And I think that's important for everybody. When you retire, sitting home and watching television does not create a fulfilling life and will not create longevity. You've got to have those things that you love. And in your, in your own personal relationship, romantic relationship, it becomes more critical to have that kind of relationship that will foster deep intimacy. So what may have worked when you were both working, there was some intimacy, but you're all really busy, but now you're not working anymore. And it, that becomes even more critical. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that, Dr. Michael? Because I'm really curious about that. When people are both at that stage, and let's say they're both in their mid-60s, and they have both stopped working, how do they build intimacy then? Or what might be some key things that would help when they're finding themselves now together all the time? And so they're like, oh my goodness. Well, one of the things that I recommend is that they have to find things they love doing together. So if you like ballroom dancing and you want to learn how to do it together, if you like playing tennis, if you like going on hikes, if you like getting involved with political things or whatever, you got to do it together. So you're having 
activities that you love doing together and you can share together in this process, whatever it is that you like doing together, to sit home and to shop is not going to do it. You know, the sit home, watch television. You've got to find those things and you may have to experiment with it. You know, you try this, you try that, but you want to do it together. And each relationship has to find that because retirement is a is a huge complexity in that way. Well, let me put in a good word for um, good religion. There's all kinds of versions of religion. So there's, you know, a menu that's, that's huge. Uh, and, and religion provides a community. Uh, and um, it's great. It's important to be connected through community. And so um, I'm not sure I care what people, you know, participate in as long as it's, it supports the heart and it creates conversations and, and perhaps contribution to uh, the betterment of your, the, the geographical place you live in. It creates projects and things that you can do. There's all different things that come out of community. Very healthy. It, it used to be, you know, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, that when you retired, you had plenty of things to do together. You're involved with the grandchildren. You're critical to growing up the grandchildren. You have a deep relationship with the grandchildren, and that becomes a big factor for both of you that you're involved with the grandkids and, and spreading wisdom to them. But nowadays, people live all over the country, and the grandkids aren't, you're not living together. When I was a kid, everybody, you were all together. All right, so it's a 20 minute, 15 minute ride away, but, but you were there. You saw them two, three times a week. Now it doesn't happen. That's a big problem. And also to Dr. Barbara's point, do you two find that when you share a spiritual connection, it also helps in your intimacy or your relationship to deepen your relationship if you have that connection to the divine that you share between you? Absolutely. It's, 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 um, well, every, every, I think spirituality is very personal and um, individualized. There are ways in which it allows you to share a worldview. It gives you, um, it uh, gives a, a positive spin on your environment, and it and it connects you to other people, and often positive projects for that community or the community generally that you live in. Right. And so you you um you you have a commitment to your community, which is you know we have to be. It's important that we're not just self focused. Yeah, to be of service as well. Yeah, love that. Well, for both of you, you know, as, as, as we're actually getting ready to, to wrap up, how can people get a hold of you all to find out more about how they can get your books, join your online programs, or I don't know if you're doing live events. How can people contact you? Uh, we are doing live Zoom events. Um, and um, th there are two things they can do. One, the website is fallingloveforever.com fallinginloveforever.com, and they'll have a lot of stuff on there. We have um, agelesslovequiz.com, where they can answer some questions, and then they can get some information about courses and classes. Some of our courses are online courses, and some of them are live Zoom courses, and they can go to the agelesslovequiz.com, get that information. My medical... Um, uh, stuff that we talked about. I, I practice here in, in the LA, Los Angeles area, actually near Ar uh, Orange County Airport. Um, 
they can go to ocwellness.com and get all the information because now since COVID, I can treat people anywhere in the United States. So anyone who's interested in feeling 20 years younger, happy to talk with you. I usually will meet with people for 15 minutes and not charge them to see if they're a candidate for the kind of things I do, what kind of problems they're having and if I can help them. So they can go to ocwellness.com and get that uh, opportunity. Do you want to mention our LA event coming up? So yeah, well, <laughs> we're going to do a, a big event in the um, Conscious Life Expo in Los Angeles, February 11th, that weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're doing a big conference there. And we're going to present there several kind of things, a workshop and a talking thing. And and so people can come there. There's only going to be about eight to 10,000 people there. So that sounds wonderful. Well, I've just enjoyed this time so much with both of you. And you know, this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg, if you will, for people to start getting this wonderful information and learning about how they can truly fall in love forever. What would you leave the audience as the essential message you want to leave? Falling in love forever is something that requires skills. We teach those skills. It's not automatic. And if you want to live a long, healthy life, it's just the critical part of it. I would say if you feel lonely in your relationship or resentful and shut down about it, um, your relationship doesn't have to lose energy like this. You can recreate your relationship. And um, those negative feelings is an indication that it's it's time to grow and get um, more, you know, be intentional about developing and creating what you want. And uh, rather than feel uh, discouraged, we invite you to um, learn and grow and learn and grow with us. We are happy to, to lead you. Beautiful. Dr. Barbara, Dr. Michael, thank you so much for being here with me on The Spark. It's a pleasure, pleasure, Stephanie. Pleasure. That was such a good conversation with the Grossmans. And I hope that you learned something about the importance of communication and expressing your needs and how important intimacy is and that we can build all those characteristics through our entire relationship, that longevity in love equals intention, that we put in the energy and the effort and make deposits in our partner's emotional bank accounts daily. You know, I have to tell you a fun little twist to the end of this interview is when we got offline, I found out that the Grossmans were actually coming from California to Fort Collins to visit their children and grandchildren who happen to live in the same town I do. So we ended up sharing a wonderful meal together the day after Thanksgiving. These two are the real deal. So I, I loved being able to, to meet them in real life and have my husband come with me and just the kindest, most wonderful couple that really have continued to fall in love forever. You can see it between them. So what a beautiful gift. I hope that you enjoyed the episode. Sending you love. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, and I'll see you soon. You have been listening to Igniting the Spark with Stephanie James. Thank you so much for listening. 
And a special thanks to my amazing and magical producer, Tony Ficini. You can find Igniting the Spark on all podcast platforms. So make sure you subscribe so you get every inspirational episode. For more information about this show, my books, my films, and my upcoming events, go to stephaniejames.world and ignite your best life. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.